Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mystery, Mystics, and Metaphysics. Today's talk topic is soul contracts. Soul contracts was first discussed and brought into the popular view by Carolyn Miss. And her discussion of soul contracts, I take that more as canon because of the research that she did and because it is her terminology. So what is a soul contract? A soul contract is an agreement that is made before you're born. In between lifetimes, we have times where we are purely in spirit and we are part of the all that is, and there's a piece of us that holds its own consciousness and that is called our soul. Our soul will continue to develop and learn lessons throughout our lifetimes. Most of us are here on earth and it's not our first time. We've been here several times and each time we play a different part. The way I see it is that there are archetypes and those archetypes are parts that we all play at some point. Some of us play multiple archetypes in one lifetime. So what does that look like? That looks like you're either the villain, you're the hero, you might be the mystic, you might be the martyr, you might be um, the, the martyr, the mystic, the villain, the hero, and we've also got archetypes for parents like the, the maternal, the paternal, uh, we have the savior, and we have those that are saved. So each lifetime, we choose a couple of these, and then we get our soul group together, and those are people who we will incarnate with multiple times. Do we always incarnate with all the same people? I would say not necessarily. We do have soul groups who we get together and we decide, okay, we're going to go through X amount of lifetimes together. Um, I'll be the villain this time. You be the catalyst. You be this. You be that. And then we take our turns being each role. However, in each lifetime, we expand our circle out. So not everyone that we meet is going to be someone, yes, victim, thank you, Michael. Uh, not everyone that we meet is going to be someone that we've been around before. They might be new. And as we could see, the population of the earth has gone from tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands to millions to billions. So to think that there's only five people that we interact with each time is a little bit nonsensical. So what we do is we get together with these core people. For instance, my child and I, um, we have memories of several times. And what we do is we flip-flop. I'll be the parent. Then he'll be the parent. Then we might be siblings. Then we might be cousins. Then we might be comrades. We may even be married at some point. But we play all these different roles because our souls come to really know each other very intimately. Not everyone has someone that they tumble through time with, at least not in the beginning of their soul's journey here on earth. The reason why I say here on earth is because from my experience and dealing with other people, helping them recall past lives and such, earth is not the only planet with life on it. And earth is not the only place we can incarnate. There are a lot of different types of incarnations that we could choose. 
what we tend to do, it seems to me, is we pick a planet and we go through the arc of that planet and what that planet can teach you. So when we talk about soul contracts, are they the same as having karma? Yes, I believe so. To me, the word karma, and in a practical sense, karma means to learn. It means to learn a lesson. It doesn't necessarily mean like, well, I punched you, so you're gonna punch me back in the next lifetime. It's more like, okay, now we're, we're changing our archetype that we are in this particular time so that you can learn the other side of that. It's not necessarily about getting revenge or um, having the scales become more even. You can take that or leave it. Some people choose to believe karma is, a, you know, karma is a B-I-T-C-H because it's about getting back or having immediate consequences to things that you're doing. But what is a consequence? A consequence is something to teach you, just like a discipline. It's there to teach you something. And if you don't get it, if you don't learn it, then what ends up happening is the same thing keeps happening over and over and over again. Now, with a soul contract, we have certain agreements. And then as we go through life, different things will come up and different people will come into our lives to help us learn a certain lesson or reach a goal. These people are called soulmates. I do not consider soulmates a um, romantic thing. Is that all oh, my soulmate? I met my soulmate, I'm done forever now. No. Soulmates are people that you've incarnated with before and that you probably will incarnate with in the future. You meet a soulmate in order to accomplish something. Might they be your husband or wife? Might they be your life partner? Yes, they may be. Do they have to be? No. So if we meet someone and we feel that we know them right away and there's an instant connection, they are part of our soul group, but that doesn't mean that we have to fight tooth and nail to stay with them forever. Because that may not be why we're around one another. So what kinds of things are in these soul contracts? The types of things that we see in a soul contract is just like um, we have regular contracts here in the physical world. And if you think of those kind of contracts, oftentimes it'll be like, if this, then this, if this, then this, kind of a contract. Like think about when you're renting your apartment, you agree to do certain things and your landlord agrees to do certain things. So in your sole contract, you're agreeing to have certain experiences. Now, when those experiences come up, it's up to you to choose whether you're going to take the lesson or whether it's going to have to be repeated. It's up to you how you're going to view things. And the, the more often you incarnate, the more you can see the bigger picture. So when you first start incarnating on earth, you can see like a rather narrow view. We're human. We have this kind of a thing. We might have a soul. Let's start learning things. By the time you're at your 300th time around, you can look at things and say, oh, okay, I see where these things are connected and I see how this is supposed to serve me. So I'm going to take this lesson. I'm going to move forward with it. Now, at any point, you can do that. It doesn't have to be, it's not a linear thing. 
that's one thing that I think a lot of people get stuck on because here on earth, because we're physical, we see things in a very linear manner. But the truth of the matter is things are not linear. Time is not linear. So that we may be experiencing things in the past, the present and the future, and they could all be affecting us physically now. And we can figure out energetically, like where is that coming from? Soul contracts are not written in stone. It's not something where if you don't accomplish everything that you wanted to in this lifetime, that you're going to be punished for it. It is something that if you don't accomplish it in this lifetime, you're going to have to put it into your next contract. It's just like if you have a contract to deliver so much product and you only get half the product done, well then if that other person is going to be working with you in the future, they're going to request that you finish giving them what you promised to begin with and then on top of that. And a soul contract is very much the same. We still have choice. We still have will. And we can choose at some point that we don't want to fulfill our contract. That maybe we came in, this is too much for us, we need to jump ship. And there's different ways that we can do that. You could take yourself out of the picture physically where your physical body will pass away. You can choose what's called a walk-in, which means there are other energetics and souls out there who kind of wander around and when somebody doesn't want their physical body anymore, they are looking for a physical body and they agree to take on part of that karma and part of that contract and fulfill it because you're not the only one in your contract. Your whole soul group is there. So you choosing to pull out and not learn what you agreed to learn in this lifetime means that the people who were in that soul contract with you, they're left hanging. So they need to figure out a different way to do things. So that's where a walk-in comes in. Walk-ins will come in, it's a different soul, they take on part of your karma, part of your contract, and they will fulfill it for you so that you don't have to go back in with the same soul group again and try to do the same thing again. So you're only affecting your own soul's growth, not the soul of the growth, the growth of the souls that you tend to ride with through time. A soul contract can be changed as you go through a lifetime. You can make different um, agreements as you go through a lifetime. And you, there are times when you get stuck in a soul contract. Now, what does that mean? I work a lot with people's contracts that they get caught up in. So you may have had a soul contract in a lifetime that was way back there. And maybe you didn't complete it to the best of your ability or maybe for whatever reason that one's just hanging on. For a lot of us, it's about lack and poverty and having to struggle. This belief that we have to struggle. It's a belief. We don't have to struggle. Things don't have to be difficult all the time. There are better ways to learn. We don't need to make everything difficult. So having that belief and feeling that that's a part of our soul contract that we're not letting go of 
as we move forward because as you get back more into the flow and as you learn more as i said you could see the full picture when you could see the full picture it's much easier to navigate through things so we need to learn how to release these old soul contracts those of vows of poverty we may have taken when we were a priest or a nun or you know a serf on somebody's land we want to release um, other vows that we've taken maybe to love the same person forever and we all know that when you're in love with somebody you're like oh i'm gonna love you forever and it just feels all encompassing but the truth of the matter is when you're making those vows when you're saying those things you're creating a contract with that other soul that does not necessarily need to be there so once that relationship is over that commitment that contract needs to be broken it needs to be severed and it needs to be gotten rid of otherwise you will continue to have that energetic cord that will keep pulling you back either to the same type of person or possibly to the same soul lifetime after lifetime after lifetime when it's completely not necessary so i work with many people doing clearings we do cord pulling uh, we release contracts and belief systems uh, we do soul retrievals because when we are moving through time and we are completing our soul contracts there's a lot of trauma and turmoil that goes along with that especially for the younger souls so as that's happening we often leave pieces of ourselves back in those time periods to try and completely learn and integrate whatever that lesson was but then the key is you take that soul piece and you have to bring it back which is part of what we don't remember when we're in physical form so doing a soul retrieval and pulling those pieces back and with them the lessons that we've learned already will release us from old soul contracts that no longer serve us that are doing nothing but holding us back so this is something as we go through our spiritual growth that we acknowledge and go through over time so to know then that the people that you meet and the things that you experience have just as much to do with you and your learning as it does to them and their learning can help you integrate the lessons more easily and to look for what is it i'm supposed to learn here is this about forgiveness is this about loving kindness is this about acceptance is this about unconditional love what lesson am i supposed to learn what am i giving to them and what are they giving to me so i'll tell you a story uh, when i was living in hawaii i decided i was going to do a soul retrieval for myself i was having a difficulty in my relationship so i decided to go into a soul retrieval and what i do is i follow the energetic wherever it might take me and i expected it to go in one direction it went completely in a different direction and where i ended up was my child's father who can be a bit of a butthead and he's seems to be a catalyst no matter whose life he enters he always just everything implodes one way or another 
he seems like he cannot be happy for longer than maybe a year, a year and a half at a time that he just destroys everything from inside. So as I went back and I met with him on a soul level, I saw that his, his, um, his archetype this time is to be the catalyst. That's what he has done for all these people, for a countless number of people. He's been their catalyst by arguing with them or um, showing them a side of themselves maybe that they didn't want to see or uh, fathering these children that he then was not a great part of their lives. But to see that he had agreed to come in this lifetime and he agreed that the probability was going to be that he would never be happy. He would never be settled or find that person, his person, that he would always be jumping from person to person to person because he was a catalyst or he is a catalyst. So after that, after I was given that piece of information, like I can't be mad at the man. I don't like a lot of things that he does, but I can see in the broader picture how it has served the families around him and how difficult a choice that must have been as a soul to choose to be the bad guy, to choose to be the catalyst and to be that person who comes in and shakes things up and that everybody points the fingers at and that everybody's angry with all the time. That can't be easy. But we need those people because without the catalyst, nothing changes. There's no growth and we never see the world as it's meant to be seen. So the question is, as you go through time and you're looking, you're like, okay, what is my soul contract? What am I here to do? Sometimes you will have an overarching theme, like his overarching theme was to be the catalyst. My overarching theme has been uh, more maternal. I have this maternal energetic that I've had since I was a little kid. And then you have smaller themes that you go through throughout time and those will change. So when we look at that and we look back at our lifetimes and say, okay, what part did I play for the people around me? And how many people around me have stayed in my circle in some way? Some people have relationships that they build and that they could not see each other for 10 years. And as soon as they see each other, immediate connection again, like there's no time gone past. Other people, their friendships are very short-lived. They might be really intense or they might be really light, but they don't stay in touch. They don't, they don't run across each other many times during their lifetime. Which is yours? Which energetic have you been? And what is your energetic to other people? Are you the healer? Are you the victim? Are you the hero? Are you the martyr? What is your role? And your role, as I said, doesn't need to be the same across the board. It could be different for each group of people that you're with. So that's something to consider as we move forward. You also want to clear up old soul contracts because it's not like we have one that overreaches every single one of our lifetimes for the entirety of that soul's existence. 
we generally will keep creating new, but we often will tag on to the last one and some people forget to erase all the rest of the stuff. So that's what we need to leave behind and that's what we need to allow to fall by the wayside because it's no longer serving its purpose. That part's already done. We don't need to be poor anymore. We don't need to be a victim. We don't need to be a catalyst. We need to move into our, our next role, the next archetype. So those are my ideas on soul contracts. And in the next portion, what we're going to do is we're going to discuss everybody's ideas about it and we're going to answer some questions so that uh, we can have a full discussion. Thank you for listening.